Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Feeling a little bit better today. You could still hear it in the voice a little bit. I pushed through yesterday, which probably wasn't a good idea, but feeling a little bit better. So hopefully we'll be able to get through a full hour talking Philly sports with my crew. As always, we're streaming live on the Jacob Sports Network. We're also streaming live across all my social platforms, Bill Calarulo. So make sure you're following along everywhere. Make sure you're following Jacob. Make sure you're following me. We're live on TikTok. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel as well. But a lot to talk about today. Our fly guys with another win last night. The 76ers with another win last night. An unexpected win, to say the least, for the Sixers last night. And I want to talk more about this Eagles team and some of the contractual issues because everything's being talked about with Hassan Reddick, but there's some other players I want to discuss today whose contracts could be an issue. So, and we got the new background today. Got the bricks going today. I figured because we talk all Philly sports, I couldn't just be sitting with Lincoln Financial Field behind me. So, made it a little bit more neutral, but we may... Test some different things out. We'll see. But let's get a little roll call from the Power Hour crew. I see people strolling in. We got Teresa Pascarello here nice and early, as always. It's good to see you, Teresa. Flexing and stepping, my man, Rob from Temple. Always in the house, Temple Tough. The real RMP, Franny Iardi. Xavier Spencer, Philly 007. Flexing and stepping brick by brick. I'm awake. Are you is in the house? I got people on TikTok checking in as well. But welcome in. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour. We're live every day at 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. But let's jump in because I want to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Because we need some positivity in this town. After the way the Philadelphia Eagles season ended, Let's talk some hockey because the Flyers are playing really good hockey right now. And I've been trying to tell my Power Hour crew, really from like October, November, that it was time to turn back your focus to this Flyers team because they are well coached. They're young. They play hard. And they win their fourth in a row last night over the Arizona Coyotes, 5-3. And this was a battle for the Flyers last night. They go down one nothing. Then Morgan Frost, who had a great game last night. Morgan Frost played really, really well. Drew some penalties last night. Had the big penalty shot to tie the game early. 
made it a 1-1 game. And then they go down again. They go down 2-1. to one. Well, they battle back. Konechny scores on a great pass from Scotty Lawton on a two-on-one. And Scotty Lawton played well last night, too. Playing really hard. So they tie it up after being down 1-0. Then they tie it up again after being down 2-1. And then they go down 3-2. And heading into the third, they're down 3-2. And you're thinking, oh, man, is this winning streak going to come to an end? Well, Jamie Drysdale, the new defenseman they picked up in the cutter Gauthier trade, scores a goal to tie it up 3-3. And then Scotty Lawton, who I told you played really well last night, Ties the game up, excuse me, takes the lead 4-3 on a wraparound. This is why hockey players are so tough. He gets hit in the face with a stick, cuts open his lip. He still scores and still celebrates. You would have never known. And they show him on the bench, and he's got a gap in his lip. (coughs) See, here we go. I told you I'm going to struggle the more I get excited and talk with this voice. So Scotty Lawton hit in the face, scores it, takes the lead 4-3, and then Owen Tippett puts in the empty netter. And Sam Erson played well again. Sam Erson has been a blessing. What a signing he's turning out to be, especially with Carter Hart being out for an extended period of time. Sam Erson, what a signing that is turning out to be. I still think, I know they're not going to be buyers at the trade deadline, But I'd like to see them maybe, because if Carter Hart's going to be out for an extended period of time, maybe bring in another goalie. I know they're not going to do anything. We can talk about the trade deadline in a second, because they're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize the future. But you look at this Flyers team, it's amazing how good they are on the penalty kill and how bad they are on the power play. So last night, they're 0 for 7. On the power play. And they're four for four on the penalty kill. It's like one extreme to another. And you look at this season so far. They have the second best penalty kill in the NHL. They have the second worst power play in the NHL. If they could somehow get their power play right. This team could be really good. I mean, they do have a good team. They play hard. But could you imagine if they actually had a half decent power play? And in the playoffs, let's hope they get there. But in the playoffs, if they get there, you have to be able to convert on the power play. You have to. So hopefully they can get that fixed. It just doesn't make sense that they've been so good five on five, so good down a man, but just so bad on the power play. I apologize, guys. I'm battling a cold, but I'm pushing through for you. Not going to miss my power hour today. But you look at this trade deadline. So the NHL trade deadline's coming up March 8th, 3 o'clock on March 8th. I know the Flyers and Danny Briere and John Tortorella have said they're not going to jeopardize the future. They're not going to trade away assets just to make a run this year. But I hope they do something to get them into the playoffs. I just want to see a playoff run. And I get it. Don't give up. Don't give up on the young talent. But I don't want to see them trade away pieces that could help us this year. And I have a feeling they may do that. 
And I don't want to see them get rid of Couturier. I know he's getting up there, but I think this team and this rebuild, he should be involved in it. You need that veteran presence. So I'm hopeful they don't do much, but I'd like to see them bring in a backup goalie. But, you know, you, you may see them get rid of Walker. But for me, and, and I've heard, I've seen some people float the idea of trading Travis Konechny. That would be insanity to me. Konechny is too good and too young. You build around him. So we'll see what happens. Flyers are back in action on Thursday, I believe, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. They are third in the Metropolitan. And if you haven't paid attention to hockey in a while, the playoffs is different now in how they do it. It's not the top eight teams. They take three teams from each division and then two wildcard teams. And the Metro is tight right now. So the Flyers are third in the Metro, but then you have a shot at being one of the two wildcard teams. They are the seventh and eighth seeds, and they're about five points up on that. So things are good. Things are good. And I see James Jones in the chat saying he misses the NFL. We're going to do some Eagles talk. Don't worry. Don't worry. But there are some other teams in this town we got to talk about. Two teams that if the season's ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. One of them is the Flyers. But let's talk about our Sixers. Sixers won their second in a row last night. And an unlikely win for the Sixers. Did anybody expect the 76ers to win that game last night? They were down Joel Embiid, obviously. No Tobias Harris. No Nico Batum. No DeAnthony Melton. No Robert Covington. And they're going up against a team that's the hottest team in the NBA in the Cleveland Cavaliers who had won nine straight. So everybody, including myself, assumed Sixers are going to get blown out tonight. There's no way Sixers are going to win this game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, that shorthanded. And somehow the damn Sixers win last night. And I may owe an apology to Daryl Morey. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to apologize yet. But I was a little upset on my radio show this weekend on 97.5 The Fanatic saying, don't try to sell us on the idea that Buddy Heald was the best player moved at the deadline. And I was mad at Maury for saying that because it's like, yeah, the only reason why you could call him the best player moved at the deadline was because everybody else was traded a couple of weeks ago. Don't try to pull the wool over our eyes. Do I need to apologize to Daryl Maury? Because Buddy Heald looks pretty damn good right now. And him and Tyrese Maxey in the backcourt, I don't know. I don't know. You look at Buddy Heald. Now, in three games with the Sixers, been over 20 points in every single game. And campaign, I see people in the chat talking about campaign. Campaign looked pretty good. So, listen, it all revolves around Joel. Joel Embiid has to come back healthy. But if he does, and Kyle Lowry's still not here, they haven't been able to officially announce that. But Kyle Lowry's still not here, but he already put out the coming home video. So with all of these pieces now, if Joel comes back healthy and you have Buddy Heald and Tyrese Maxey and Kyle Lowry coming off the bench and Nico Batum 
can get healthy and give you minutes? I don't know. You know, Anthony Melton, when he gets healthy, he was a nice piece on this team. Can Nick Nurse get the best out of Tobias Harris in the playoffs? So, you know, look, I think I'm not there yet. I don't need to apologize yet to Daryl Morey, but I was upset with him on the radio this weekend. And as I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at their depth, maybe, maybe if Joel comes back, they have a shot. My concern, my concern (coughs) is just, excuse me, one second. For those of you just joining who weren't here yesterday, you know I'm battling <clears throat> battling a little bit of a cold here. So I'm trying to push through. But my concern with this Sixers team is even if a Embiid comes back and he gets back to the MVP form, and even with Buddy Heald and Tyrese Maxey, and if DeAnthony Melton comes back and Nico Batum comes back and Tobias Harris plays at a good level, My concern still is, are they good enough to beat the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series? I just don't think they can. But my bigger concern is because, look, if we're going to say, all right, well, maybe they won't have to play Boston right away. Can they beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series? Even with Doc Rivers as their coach. You see what Milwaukee did to the Denver Nuggets last night? And I know the Sixers beat Cleveland last night, but can they beat them in a seven-game series? I think it's a lot more likely that this Sixers team, if Embiid comes back, have a shot in a seven-game series against the Cavs, against the Pacers. (laughs) But can they beat the Knicks in a seven-game series? I think they could beat those teams. I just can't see them getting past the Knicks or the Bucks. <coughs> Man. <coughs> I was doing good this morning. I was doing well this morning. Now I'm battling again. I'll tell you, doing sports talk when you can't talk kind of doesn't work. <laughs> when your throat hurts and your job is to talk, doesn't really work out that well. But what do you guys think? I see it in the chat. What do you think about this Sixers team? Do you think they can beat? I see Philly 007 here saying, we're good enough to beat the Bucks or the Knicks. Yeah, I don't think there's many people, though, who have confidence that they could beat the Celtics. And maybe that's okay. Maybe we're okay saying, hey, listen, we, we don't care if they don't get to an NBA Finals. We just want to see them win a couple of series. I don't know how much more patient we need to be, though, as Sixers fans, because it has been, what, 40 years since this team has won an NBA title? And during that time, it's not even like we could say, well, at least this team has gotten to a bunch of conference finals. You know, they they haven't been to the NBA championship. They haven't won a championship, but at least they've been to a lot of finals. They've only been to the NBA Finals once in the last 40 years. That was 01 with Iverson. They've only been to the Conference Finals 
twice in the last 40 years, 1985 and then 01 with AI. So how much more patience do we need as a fan base in, in Philadelphia when it comes to our Sixers? We lived through the freaking process that turned out to be a disaster. And I don't know how anybody could debate that the process wasn't a disaster. It didn't work. Because after the process, you've now seen Milwaukee win a title. You've seen Denver win a title. The process didn't work. So how much more patience do they want us to have with this Sixers team? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if this was... Hold on, and I see Flexin and Steppen saying, I listen to Eskin every Saturday morning. Well, you better be switching, Flexin and Steppen. You better be switching because you know I'm on 97.5 The Fanatic now on Saturday mornings. So you better be switching. You better be on Fanatic from 9 to 12. Not, not the king. Anyway, but could you imagine if what the Sixers have done in the last 40 years was the Philadelphia Eagles. If our Philadelphia Eagles haven't been to a Super Bowl in 23 years, if they had only been to the conference championship game twice in 40 years, we would be losing our damn minds. Losing our damn minds. If this was the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is why we're frustrated. This is why we're starving for a true competitor for basketball. We would lose our minds, man. I mean, I I actually couldn't believe it. When I went and looked, I thought like, wait, that's got to be wrong. It's got to be wrong that the 76ers haven't been to a conference championship more than two times in 40 damn years. 1985 and 2001. That's it. This is supposed to be an historic franchise? The 76ers? If this was the Eagles, the the Sixers are lucky that this is more of a football town and a baseball town. We love our Sixers. But the fact that we've had the Eagles... And the Phillies have had some success in the 2000s and now more recently. Sixers are getting a pass, man. And I know you could say the same thing about the Flyers. The Flyers haven't done much either. But they've actually had more success than the damn Sixers have over the last 40 years. At least the Flyers have been in the finals a few times. So I just don't know how much more patience this Sixers organization wants us to have as a fan base and look Daryl Morey was interviewed yesterday on 97.5 the fanatic and I thought that he was pretty honest when I see flexing and stepping on the I come on 10 a.m here Monday through Friday for the power hour if you're talking about on the weekends I'm 9 a.m to 12 p.m on the fanatic if you're asking 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. But Daryl Morey was on the Fanatic yesterday. He gave an interview, and I thought he was pretty honest about the things he said. And one of the things he said was he feels that if they're healthy, 
with Joel Embiid and the rest of the team is healthy that he thinks they could beat anyone except for Boston. Like, acknowledged they're not going to be able to beat the Boston Celtics. So basically then, what they're telling us Sixers fans, again, is, yeah, it's going to be a little bit longer until we get to a finals. I, I know you've been waiting 23 freaking years to get back to a finals. I know it's been 40 years, 41 now, since we've made it to an NBA championship and won, but it's not going to be this year either. It's just like, what do we need to do as a fan base, man? We were patient. We lived through the process. We were freaking patient with you. So, look, I just don't know what they're going to do because we talked about this last week at the trade deadline. They have assets. They didn't mortgage the future at this trade deadline because there was really nothing available at the trade deadline to do that. So, great. We have assets this offseason. We have cap space this offseason. Who the hell are they going to get? Who are they going to get? We don't have that unbelievable free agent class that they could go after. I don't think Paul George is going to be a free agent. I don't think Paul George is going to leave L.A. Maybe he does, leaves the Clippers. So, and then who else are you going to get? Was it Clay Thompson available? So, Maury's going to have to show us the genius that we've heard that he is. This offseason, they have to figure something out because they have the assets, they have the cap space. There aren't any players or superstars available. So, it's going to have to be done via a trade. So that's why when they gave up on Jaden Springer, which I did not like, I don't like that they traded Jaden Springer to the damn Celtics. How many times do we have to let the Celtics burn us? It's going to kill us. If you see Jaden Springer turn into a superstar in Boston, I'm going to lose my damn mind. They already burned you, making you trade with them to get Markel Fultz when they had zero interest in trade in, in drafting Markel Fultz. And they get Jason Tatum, made the Sixers look like idiots with that trade. And now you trade him Jaden Springer. If he turns into a superstar in Boston, I will lose my mind. But the reason he did that, hey, he got a second-round draft pick back. They've built some capital now that they can make a move this offseason. I don't know who it is. I don't know what trade target it's going to be. But... If it's not going to be this season that they make an NBA championship run, which I don't think it will be, what's our window? You know, I spent some time yesterday talking about how the San Francisco 49ers window is closing. Hold on. On TikTok, 215 Philly saying trade Tobias and every second round pick we have for KD. But Tobias is a <clears throat> Tobias is a free agent this offseason, isn't he? Correct me if I'm wrong. Tobias is a free agent. I don't think they'd be able to trade him. Maybe like a sign-in trade. But Tobias is a free agent. But it's like if it's not, I talked about how the 49ers window is closing because of their salary cap. Well, for the 76ers, how much healthier can we expect Joel Embiid to get a year from now, two years from now, three years from now? What is their window? What's their window with Joel Embiid? 
And I loved Maxi. Love him. But now this is the time to win. The time to win is now. I don't think it's going to be this season. I think everybody would agree. It's not going to be this season. So they got to go all in next year and the year after. That's it, man. And I got Rob from Temple saying no window, saying that the window's not even open. So I, I just, I can't be patient anymore. And the Sixers, they do this to us every single season. We say we're not going to pay attention to the playoffs. Then we get sucked back in. Sucked back in. I got sucked back in this year. I would say, oh, I'm not paying attention. I'm not paying attention until the playoffs hit. And then Joel starts going on this historic run. And you had to pay attention because if you weren't paying attention, you were missing history. You were missing greatness right in front of us. And then what happens? Joel now is hurt. So then I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with the Sixers. I was all angry with Daryl Morey. And now I watched last night and I'm like, hey, you know what? Buddy healed. Nice little addition. Him and Tyrese Maxey together. Not bad. Hey, maybe Joel comes back. They suck us back in every single year. And it's going to be the same ending. We've seen this movie before. We know what's going to happen. But maybe our championship this year could be Sixers fall to a six seed. They have to kind of win some games. But Sixers fall to a six seed, and we open up round one against the Milwaukee Bucks and Doc Rivers. Maybe that can be how we have some joy this season, beating Doc Rivers in a seven-game series. Maybe that's where we'll get our joy, but I just can't see them getting past Boston. But, all right, we talked some Flyers. We talked some Sixers. I want to turn our focus after the break and talk about our Eagles because there's a lot of chatter right now. Oh, and I see Flex. Is that really a joy? I know. But listen, I'm looking for small things, man. Small victories, Flex and Step. And we know we're not going to a t- NBA championship. But I want to turn our focus to the Eagles because there's a lot of chatter right now about Hassan Reddick. And we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I told you two weeks ago this was coming. It was obvious. If you looked at his contract and you look at his cap hit, you knew this was coming. I told you. If you follow me on any social media platform, I posted a video two weeks ago about this. So I don't understand why fans now are shocked and outraged. This was obvious. You just got to look at the money. You got to look at the contracts. NFL is all about money for the player and for the team. So you got to look at the contracts. You got to read the details about the cap hits. That's what's important. It's not important necessarily how much total money they make from a team's perspective. It's what the cap hit is. So when we get back, I want to turn our focus. I want to talk about some other Eagles players. When you look at the numbers, that something may be happening with them as well. It's not just Hassan Reddick. So this is the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. 
Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo. And I see some of our 49ers trolls in the chat. Our man Hollywood Hogan is here trying to make excuses for his San Francisco 49ers, trying to talk about all the cap space they're going to have. We talked about this yesterday, Hollywood Hogan. So you are correct that they will be carrying over about $37 million in cap room. But the 49ers are not in a good spot with their salary cap. And I talked about this yesterday, but we'll talk about it again very quickly. The cap for 2024 in the NFL is estimated to be about 242500000 million, 500,000 in 2024. When you look at all of the contracts of the San Francisco 49ers right now, they total about 
$278 million for 2024. So when they carry that over that you're talking about, when you carry over the $37 million that they can carry over from this year's cap, they still only have about $570,000 in cap space. And I know you're talking in the chat about, well, the 49ers are going to restructure this person and they're going to restructure that person. Great. But when you look at the NFL average, the NFL average amount of cap space right now is $17 million. In fact, $17.6 million. The Philadelphia Eagles right now have close to $21 million in cap space. And the San Francisco 49ers aren't the only team that's going to restructure and extend. So you're way behind the eight ball, my friend. Way behind the eight ball. Because the Philadelphia Eagles, if they get rid of Hassan Reddick, <coughs> this is part of the reason why, and I talked about this yesterday, the reason why Hassan Reddick is being given permission to seek a trade is because his cap hit goes from $7 million to $22 million in the final year of his deal. The Eagles are not going to want to pay that. In an ideal world, and again, we talked about this two weeks ago, so you guys shouldn't have been surprised if you follow the show. In an ideal world, they would agree to extend Redick, and you lower that cap hit. You can give them more money, but it lowers the cap hit. The cap hit is what's important in the NFL. Far too often, people get caught up in the total number. That doesn't mean anything. It's the cap hit number. But the Eagles, and I'm going to talk about a few players in a second, that simply by restructuring or cutting or trading is going to lower their cap number even more. So the 49ers window is closing. I know Niners fans don't want to admit it. Oh, no, no, they're going to be fine. You're going to be in cap hell soon. And just wait until you have to pay Brock Purdy. Because the 49ers really lucked out. In drafting Brock Purdy with the final pick in the draft, if they would have let him become a free agent and then signed him as a rookie free agent, <coughs> excuse me, Purdy would have been eligible for a new deal this season. Rookie free agents can renegotiate after two years. Unfortunately, draft picks can't renegotiate until after three years. So he'll get his new deal next offseason. But you're in trouble this year. First of all, what 49ers fans, I think, are ignoring, and I'm going to remind you because it's fun for us to remind you, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. We just lived it. There's a reason why. <coughs> Damn. And on a quick question on TikTok, Kansas City's in a good spot financially. They actually have $24 million in available cap space right now. So Kansas City, $24 million. Eagles, $21 million. San Francisco 49ers, $570,000. Not great. Not great at all. <clears throat> the best team in the NFL right now, is the Washington Commanders, $84 million available. So they got to spend it. 
looking at the other NFC East teams, if you guys are concerned, the Giants, $27 million available. And the Dallas Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. Negative $14 million, Dallas Cowboys. So, Eagles are in a good spot when it comes to that. But I forget what the heck I was talking about now. Interrupted, and I forgot what the hell I was talking about. But when we talk about the numbers, you know, we talked about this. The total number is not what's important. Because a lot of people, you look at Jalen Hurts, and I know a lot of people are at, oh, Jalen Hurts, $255 million contract. $255 million. This is why the Eagles are in the predicament that they're in, because they got to pay Jalen Hurts so much money. You got to look at the cap hits. It's not about the total number. Look at Jalen Hurts' contract. And we talked about this last week on the show. He's the 19th quarterback in terms of cap hit. This season, his cap hit is only $13.5 million. To put that into perspective, Dak Prescott is $59 million. Daniel Jones, $47 million. Deshaun Watson, $64 million. There are 18 quarterbacks with higher cap hits than Jalen Hurts. And Hollywood Hogan making up stuff in the chat. Jalen Hurts' cap hit after this season, because then people, oh, well, it's next season. It still never gets that high. Jalen Hurts next year, $22 million. Then it's $32 million. Then it's $46 million. And then it's $54 million. Jalen Hurts, over the next five years, will never have a cap hit higher than what Dak Prescott will have this season. <coughs> it's a brilliant contract by Howie Roseman. I get on Howie Roseman for how he's drafted defensive players. I get on him for some decisions he's made. But you look at Jalen Hurts' contract, and it's a brilliant contract. Because you figure five years from now, if Jalen Hurts is still a stud in the NFL, or some of you think becomes one, I still think he's a good player. His cap hit five years from now is only $54 million. Prescott's this coming season's 59, and the cap goes up every single year. So that's why I know there were people saying, oh, they never should have given Jalen that big money deal as early as they did. It was the perfect time to do it. Because then you avoid running into problems like the Cowboys are in right now with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is entering the final year of his deal, and he has a $59 million cap hit. The Dallas Cowboys would absolutely love, if they had faith and trust in Prescott, to extend him. You don't want a quarterback on that much of a cap hit. It makes it very difficult to build a team around them, especially when you look, and right now the Cowboys are negative $14 million going into next season. They would love to extend Prescott, but if they do that, that means that they're stuck with Prescott. And if they truly don't believe that Dak Prescott is the guy to get them over the top, that they're going to have to run out this season with a $59 million cap hit on Dak Prescott. Sorry, guys. Battling this damn cold. Anyway, so 
Let's look at some other players because people are concerned about Hassan Reddick. And I told you the Hassan Reddick one, we knew this was coming. It's not a shocker, mainly because not only was Reddick unhappy with the deal, but we knew that the Philadelphia Eagles weren't going to be happy with this deal because his cap hit went from $7 million to $22 million in the final year. So just like I was talking about with the Dallas Cowboys, they would love to be able to extend Prescott and lower that cap hit if they believed in him. If the Eagles could extend Reddick, that's the ideal situation. He gets more money. His cap hit comes way down. The problem is, what does he want to be paid? Because if Reddick wants to be paid like Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, which is $25, $28 million a year, I don't blame the Eagles for not wanting to do that. I wouldn't pay him that much. He's great. I love Reddick. I just think you have so many needs that you don't have the luxury of paying a player that much money. But if the Philadelphia Eagles do, in fact, move on from Reddick, they have to do something. They absolutely have to do something at the trade deadline because, not the trade deadline, excuse me, at the edge rusher position because we saw last year they need depth there. So if you're going to get rid of your best edge rusher, you're going to need even more at that edge. So, and real quickly, I see somebody in the chat asking, who will they franchise tag? Nobody's getting franchise tagged by the Eagles. Number one, they don't like the franchise tag. They haven't done it since 2012. In 2012, they franchised Deshaun Jackson and then entered into a long-term deal. He never played on the tag. 2011, they did the same thing to Michael Vick. 2008, they did it with LJ Smith. Then you got to go all the way back to like 1993. They did it with Reggie White, but he went to court and that didn't actually happen. So there's no way that they franchise tag anybody. One, because they don't like to do it. But two, there's no free agents that they should franchise tag. I mean, just list, listen to the list of free agents. They're not going to use the tag on any of these guys. Alameda Zacchaeus, no. Quez Watkins, no. Albert O, no. Jack Stoll, no. Rashad Penny, no. Marcus Mariota, no. Jack Driscoll, no. Sua Opeta, no. Then you have Jason Kelsey, obviously not using the franchise tag. If he wants to come back, he'll come back. And Julio Jones. The other player on offense that I know people are going to ask about is DeAndre Swift. They're not going to franchise tag DeAndre Swift because the running back number on the franchise tag is probably going to be around $11 million next year on a one-year franchise tag. You know how the Philadelphia Eagles value running backs. Miles Sanders got a four-year, $25 million deal in Carolina. The annual number on that was about 6.25. So there's no way in hell Howie Roseman's going to franchise tag DeAndre Swift at over $11 million for one season. They don't like using the franchise tag, and there's nobody on offense that they will use the franchise tag on. You look at defense, same thing. Free agents. Brandon Graham, not going to use a tag. Fletcher Cox, not going to use the tag. And then you got a bunch of linebackers. There's no way they're using the tag on Shaq Leonard. Zach Cunningham, Sean Bradley, or Nick Morrow. And you have Justin Evans at safety. 
So there are no players on this team that they're going to use the tag on. Just not. Last year, there were some question marks like, could they tag maybe Javon Hargrave, maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? There were some questions about whether or not they would. I didn't think they would just because they never do. But this year, there's just nobody to tag. It's just not how they like to operate. But if you're curious, teams can start utilizing the franchise tag February 20th. So next week. They can use the tag anytime between February 20th and March 5th. And there's two types of tags. There's an exclusive and a non-exclusive. The exclusive tag, if the player refuses to sign it, they don't play that season. The non-exclusive tag, they can actually go and negotiate with another team. And if they get a better deal from another team, if your team matches it, you get the player. If you don't, you get two first-round picks. doesn't get used very often. Usually what you see is the exclusive tag. And they figure out how much the tag's worth by taking 120% of the top five salaries at that particular position from the year before. So I know this is pretty deep stuff, but if you guys are interested in that. But I don't think you're going to see any franchise-tagged players on the Philadelphia Eagles. But looking at some players that I think the Eagles are going to make some moves that will free up even more cap space. We all know about Reddick. The other is Kevin Byard. Safety Kevin Byard. And I mentioned this yesterday in a video I did on Instagram and, and TikTok. And some people said, well, why would they cut Kevin Byard? Well, here's why they would cut Kevin Byard. The Eagles acquired him last season, as you all know, by trading away Terrell Edmonds and a 2024 fifth round and sixth round draft pick. He's going to be 31 years old to start 2024, and he's entering the final year of his deal. Here's where the problem lies. And we could debate whether or not we think Kevin Byard played well or not. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the numbers and the money. He played last year with a cap hit of $1.7 million. That cap hit jumps from 1.7 all the way up to 14.25 this season. There is no way in hell, knowing Howie Roseman and the way he likes to structure his team and his salary cap, that they're going to commit $14.25 million in cap space to a safety. So two things are going to happen with Kevin Byard. One, they renegotiate. If the Eagles want to keep him, they enter into an extension. He stays here. That cap hit comes way down, and he's back. If he refuses to renegotiate or he wants money that the Eagles don't want to pay, he's cut. He will be released. And in this situation, Kevin Byard can be released with a pre-June 1st designation. There's a difference. June 1st, a lot of these contracts – you don't save money by moving on pre-June 1st. you got to do post-June 1st. Well, for Kevin Byard, it saves you money either way. If they cut him pre-June 1st, the $14 million cap hit drops to $1.4. They save about $12.9 million on the cap if they cut Kevin Byard. If they wait till post-June 1st, that cap hit drops all the way to three forty-six. That's it, 346000 So they would save close to $14 million on the cap. So 
Kevin Byard is a name to look out for. They will definitely either restructure his deal or he's gone. It's that simple. There is zero chance, zero chance that Kevin Byard is back under the current deal that he has with the Philadelphia Eagles. Zero. You heard it here. Zero chance Kevin Byard's back under that current deal. So that always brings up, because when I talk about Kevin Byard, and I had people commenting on my videos online, well, what about James Bradbury? Bradbury's got to go. Bradbury's got to go. He stinks. Well, I agree that Bradbury's play dropped off significantly last year. The problem is that contract is tough. I think that the Eagles will probably still try to do something to move on from him. But that contract, you don't save any money here. So if he's on the roster, if James Bradbury is on the roster to start 2024, his cap hit's only 4.35 mil. If the Eagles cut him pre-June 1st, that dead cap skyrockets to 15.2 million. And it's not even if, oh, okay, well, it's only 15 million this year and we're done. It's 15.2 and 24, 10.9 and 25, 7.8 and 26. 4.6 and 27, 1.5 and 28. Not good. It's a little bit lower if they try to trade him, but not by much. It's still 14 million. So if he's on the team, it's 4 million. If you trade him, it's 14 million pre June 1st. If they did something with a post June 1st designation, the cap hit is the same. He's either 4.35 if he's on the team. If you do it post-June 1st, it's still 4.35. So as much as a lot of people are ready to move on from James Bradbury, that contract may keep him here. That contract may keep him here if they can maybe figure out, maybe he can move to safety, maybe he can move to slot corner. I don't know, but they need to figure something out because that contract that they gave James Bradbury as great as Howie Roseman is at giving contracts, this one's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And I know that a lot of people didn't expect Bradbury to drop off as significantly as he did. But to give a guy who will be 31 years old to start the season a deal like this, you really handcuffed yourself for a couple of years. Because even next year, if they tried to move on pre-June 1st next year, it's $10.9 million. Now, post-June 1st next year is only $3.1. But I, I just, I don't know, man. That one surprises me. I'm not sure what Howie Roseman was thinking that day with that contract. Gives you really no flexibility. And I see people in the chat asking me, what do you think of trading Reddick Bradbury, our first or second round pick for Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons? See, here's the problem. Take out all those players that you just said, and you got to just look at the numbers. You got to look at the money. Because if the Eagles were to trade Hassan Reddick before June 1st, his cap hit is still extremely high. So what a lot of things have to factor in in this is wherever Reddick goes, if, if Reddick gets traded 
the team that signs him to a new deal, they have to do it in a way where the Eagles get cap relief. So I don't, they're going to have to get creative in how they do that. Because if the Eagles just simply trade Reddick to another team, they still have that giant cap hit. In fact, let me see what it would be if they trade Reddick before June 1st. Hold on, I'll tell you right now here. So if Hassan Reddick gets traded before. Sorry, I'm finding it now. Because if they if they were to cut Reddick pre-June 1st, it's $20.6 million. But sometimes when you trade them, it's a little bit different. It's not, unfortunately. It's the same. So if the if the Eagles cut Reddick pre-June 1st or trade him pre-June 1st, he has a $20.6 million dead cap hit. So it can't happen. It just can't. So as much as I love the players you're talking about, it's more about the contracts. And I would think, like, if you're looking at the Broncos, the only reason that they would move on from a Patrick Sertain the second is because they don't want to have to pay him big money. So why would you trade a young Patrick Sertain the second for an older Hassan Reddick who's unhappy with his current deal? Because you're going to have to give Reddick more money. So. I'm just not I'm not seeing how that would work from a from a money perspective. I don't I don't mind the idea about the players you want to bring back. I just don't know how it works from a money perspective. So the Reddick one gets complicated though because they want to agree to an extension. I just posted a video on my social media pages about how this doesn't necessarily mean he's gone. And we talked about this yesterday. There's a good chance that he goes out there, he tests the market, and maybe a team isn't willing to give him as much money as he wanted. I think he will get money because he's an edge rusher. But if he wants $25, $30 million, then I'm okay with it. But it's got to be structured in a way that the Eagles get that cap relief that they need because that's the only reason they're willing to move on is because his cap hit this year is close to $22 million. That's it. So I said you can't look at the numbers. Because you look at Reddick's deal, and it's, oh, well, it's a team-friendly deal. It's three years, $45 million. Yeah, but that's because Howie Roseman pushed the cap hit into this final year. His cap number was only close to four in year one, only 6.9 last year, and now it jumps. So when you're talking contracts, you really want to look at the cap hits. That's how you figure this all out. But another name to look out for, we just talked about Bradbury. I talked about maybe moving him to the slot. The other one's Avante Maddox. Because as good as Avante Maddox is when he's healthy, he's never freaking healthy. He's only played 13 games in the last two seasons. But you look at 2023, he had a $4 million cap hit. Well, now he enters into the final year of his deal, and that cap hit more than doubles. It goes from $4 million to $9.7 million. But if they were to do something, again, with a post-June 1st designation, they would save over $7 million. So if the Eagles cut Avante Maddox, if the Eagles cut Avante Maddox post-June 1st, they save $7 million against the cap. So he's another one to look out for. Unless he agrees to an extension, which he may do, because he's in the final year of his deal. He's always been hurt. I don't think there's going to be a team out there that's going to give him a lot of money. So Avante Maddox may agree to an extension to lower that cap hit. But he's another name to look out for. 
So we know Redick. I told you, look out for Kevin Byard. Also look out for Avante Maddox on the defensive side of the football. But like we end every show, we made it through with the voice. We made it through. But like we end every Philly Sports Power Hour with a little today in sports history. February 13th, 1937, going way back, the Boston Redskins received approval from the NFL to move their team to Washington, D.C. So I said this before on the show, Boston Redskins, and someone called me after, sent me a message on YouTube after. You you made a mistake. You said Boston. No, no, no. The Redskins used to be in Boston. But it was today, 1937, February 13th, 1937, that they got approval to move from Boston to Washington, D.C. But I'm going to give you a little bonus one because there's another today in sports history. This one's a little bit not really sports, but halftime show related because everybody loved the Usher halftime show. I did too. I liked it. Brought me back to my college days. When Yeah hit at the end of the Super Bowl halftime show, man, that used to get the party started in college. But two years ago today, February 13th, 2022, which in my opinion was the best halftime show, and I'm sure some people may agree and some people may disagree, February 13th, 2022, in L.A., my favorite Super Bowl halftime show of all time. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, 50 Cent, even Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige, but I was more into Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and 50 Cent. I thought that was the best halftime show that we've ever seen in Super Bowl history. So let me know if you agree with me. I thought Usher was pretty good. I know a lot of people thought Usher's was the best they've ever seen, but for me, throwing it back to the hip-hop days, growing up with those guys, that was the best for me. But this was the Philly Sports Power Hour. Hit that like button for me. Hit that share button for me. Like I said, make sure you're subscribed and following me everywhere. And tomorrow we'll be back with guest Kayla Santiago. We'll do some Sixers talk. Obviously, we'll still talk about this Philadelphia Eagles team because there's a lot of questions with this Eagles roster as we head into the offseason. But I appreciate everybody being here. Appreciate you putting up with my little cough and, and runny nose. But we're healing up. We're getting better. I'm Bill Calarillo. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour. And as always, go Birds. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.